1: Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. We are here. It is week sixteen. <laughs> Which one is it, Ryan? I think it's sixteen. I think it's sixteen. There's three more games left. Yeah, these numbers are messing me up with the eighteen game schedule. <laughs> Lions coming off a big victory. Not a lot of people expected. They're now two and one in their last three games, Ryan. Heating up at just the right time, right? <laughs> just the right time for a nice playoff push. Well, after they've been eliminated from the playoffs, by the way, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I will be your co-host of First Fight. You can find me at Detroit Online, the editor-in-chief of Pride of Detroit. With me, you just heard his voice, Ryan Matthews, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore POD. On Twitter, Ryan, how we doing? It's, it's a holiday week. We are doing this on the road. We, we have taken the show on the road, at least I have, and uh, not recording it live. It's strange. It's, it's weird territory, but hey, the Lions are a winning football team in December, so... Let, let's welcome the weirdness.
0: Uh, I was going to say the entire landscape feels a little <laughs> bit off. So uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're taking the POD cast on the road, but you know, enough about me. We have one of our favorite guests joining yes. us today
1: to, to help bring us the weird. We got to bring back our friend <laughs> from the, the old Lions beat currently on the Atlanta Falcons beat for ESPN. Of course, the, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, yeah, the the Lions' week 16 opponent, Michael Rothstein is back. Mike, welcome back, buddy. Hey.
2: Hi everybody. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was a bad Dr. Nick impression. Uh,
1: I didn't even recognize it. That's how bad it was. That, was. that was a
2: really, really, really bad Dr. Nick impression. I didn't even mean to do it, just kind of slipped out, but it, it's been a long week. It's a holiday week. Happy holidays to everybody. So happy to be back here on the Pride of Detroit first bite podcast and I'm just sad Chris Perfett isn't here and I'm going to troll him the entire podcast yes. by mentioning about how sad I am that he is not here for me to just throw him completely off of his game.
1: That's perfect cuz he's going to he's the one that has to sit around and edit this thing too. So it's it's going to be extra painful for him which uh, I think we're all in favor of here.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh always always bring the pain baby bring I was gonna say, pain. i going
0: to say show of hands I no one can see your hand Ryan (laughs) that's right that's why that's why I had to say it Michael (laughs) all right well let's let's talk a little bit about this upcoming matchup
1: Lions versus Falcons I know it's there's not really much at stake here the Falcons have a a long shot chance to make the playoffs but the Falcons to me are kind of a fascinating team Mike because they're they're what they're they're six and eight is that right yes But by DVOA numbers, football outsiders, DVOA numbers, they are 32nd. Yes. So two-part question, do they do anything well, and how do they have six wins?
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so here's the thing with DVOA, right? And, and, And I'm a big fan of metrics and analytics and everything. Like, you have to look at it from game to game, what it's been like the point differential some like they've been blown out by the best teams they've played. And and that's the reality when they play teams that are surefire playoff teams, Tampa Bay, twice, San Francisco, last week, Dallas, New England, like though that's been the surefire absolute playoff teams, clearly better than them on their schedule. They've gotten beaten real bad. Shut out by New England, 25, nothing. 43 to three against Dallas, 20 point losses all over the board elsewhere. But this is the, but when they play teams that are kind of like them or worse, like the Jacksonville's of the world, they've been largely in those games and they've won those games. So they've shown they can compete with teams that are kind of like them, which are roster, not the best roster in the world. Like I think it's a, a kind of a bottom ish of the NFL roster And and they've won those games. They've in one possession games. They've actually been quite good. It's just when they run into, you know, not being in those games, it's usually they're on the bad end of that, Uh, including in the opener against Philly. But I kind of, that that was just, that was a bad game for them all around. They just came out and, you know, opening weeks are weird, right? Right. Yep. But every other, every other game against kind of like-ish teams, they've been in those games or won those games. And so, you ask what they do well. They're good in one score games. AJ Terrell is fantastic. He's going to be the best cornerback that Detroit faces all year. Mm. Like, he just will. I think he's the second best corner in the league behind J.C. Jackson. And, or he's been playing like it this year. We'll see if he makes the Pro Bowl or not on Wednesday night. He might not. And Grady Jarrett's really good. Yep. And they've been running the ball decently well of late. Cordero Patterson's been a revelation at eight. Back in the Minnesota days, if he had told anyone, oh, he'd be a guy who gets a thousand yards from scrimmage, they would be like, okay, clearly all receiving yards and how? And (laughs) and he's just been, he's been good enough that they've taken arguably maybe the second best kick returner in history and had to take him off of special teams because he's that big a part of their offense. And that's, he's been really good. I think some of Arthur Smith's play calling has been really strong. I think some of Dean Pease's play calling has been really strong, but there's a lot of bad on this team too. And, and that's, you know, like you point out the DVLA numbers, you point out the record and there's a lot of bad, but there are some good things, some things they can build on. But like with so many teams in the NFL, it's more bad than good when you're a mediocre team or worse. For sure.
0: Yeah. And the thing I want to know, Mike, is just from that description of who the Atlanta Falcons are, especially in those, like you say, one score games, like what has led them to be successful in those one score games? Like who's, who's getting it done? Like, is it, is it some of that good play calling that, you know, Arthur Smith and Dean Pease are are calling up or what?
2: It's some play calling a lot of Cordero Patterson and the fact that they have arguably one of the best kickers in the league in young way. I mean, three of those games have been won by, you know, field goals at the buzzer by Young Way Koo, Three, maybe even before. Uh, he, he's just, he's solid. He's consistent. He's not Matt Prater level consistent, but not to rub salt in the wounds of, of Chris Perfett. But, you know, there's going to be a theme throughout the podcast. Well, Sorry, man. No, I love it. Uh, but, you know, he, he's been really, really consistent. And that's been part of it. Is they have been a resilient team when they've been in positions where they can be resilient. And they just don't have the combination of roster talent, uh, you know, uh, to, to be competitive with some of those top teams. And again, remember this is a team that largely hasn't played with Calvin Ridley all year, because Calvin Ridley's missed a lot of time due to due to some mental health stuff. And and he took a step away from football at the end of October and hasn't been back. And, you know, we'll see when, if, and when he comes back and, that took a big brunt, a big blow to their offense because Russell Gage becomes their number one receiver. Russell Gage has played well all late, but he's not a number one. Like he's a number, he's a he's a two slash three, realistically. Yeah. but two on a really good day or in a good stretch, and some and when he's not, like he's a three. And that's been their number one receiver. They have Kyle Pitts, by the way, also really good. And, you know, even quietly, I would say quietly, because there were such high expectations on him quietly is having one of the best rookie tight end seasons of all time. Like he's fifth all time in yards and fourth in catches. And he's got three games to go. Like he might, he might be the guy that knocks Mike dick off of the, uh, you know, like it was like 50 year old, 60 year old record for receiving yards in a season for a tight rookie tight end. Like, I mean, that, that he's also been really good, but in large part it's been resiliency, Ryan in one score games. That's, That's been kind of why they've been good there. But to be real, some of those one-score games should not have been one-score games. The Jets, Jacksonville, arguably at Carolina. Like, they were up and and seemed to be up handily in those games. New Orleans on the road. And then they, you know, kind of screwed it up a little bit and let teams back in the game and then found a way to win at the end, which, again, is a certain form of resiliency. Uh, One other fun fact to note, Uh, And this is maybe good for the Lions. Uh, Falcons have not won at Mercedes-Benz Stadium this year. Their one home win is came in London. So you know, (laughs) uh, I'm all on the hey, let's 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 see every game played in London because I get might get more trips to Europe then. But realistically, that's not going to happen. So you know, how has this team won won six games? How has this team won six (laughs) games?
0: Right? Essentially,
2: six road wins. Five. Or, yeah. Have, well, have you looked at the teams they beat on the road?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're not great. They're not great. No, I mean, not they great. haven't
2: beaten a team over 500. The, the lions have the best win of these two teams this season by beating Arizona last year. I mean, not, oh, not a man, lot of teams have that. Good I mean, win. all right. Be, I'll, I'll be honest. Better. They have the two, they have, they have the two best wins this season because they also beat Minnesota. I mean the best, the best win the Falcons have is against new Orleans. And that was a New Orleans team that was like figuring it out with Trevor Simeon still. Like, I, we'll see what happens in week 18 when they play. the Like this,
0: this is some transitive property stuff that I could definitely buy. <laughs> if you're selling it, I'm buying, man.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not selling anything, man. I'm just, I'm just stating facts. Like, their wins are against the Jets, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Saints, and the Panthers, and I missed the team. Uh, who, else, who else did they beat? Uh, jets Giants, dolphins. dolphins dolphins thank you hey but that was a bad Dolphins. that, Dolphin that was before maybe. the dolphins, dolphins rattled off six wins in a row yeah, yeah that but that yeah that was when they were the bad dolphins that was like the two was hurt jacoby brissette like two was maybe healthy dolphins and that was another game where you know like that was actually a back and forth game that was that was maybe the best win of the year maybe even bigger than the saints
1: this this has nothing to do with us. This upcoming matchup, but I think it's a funny question. Do you think Matthew sure. Stafford beats uh beats the uh the Cardinals last week <laughs> with the Lions? I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer. Oh that. man, oh, with the <laughs>
2: Lions. Um, well, because he's played the Cardinals too, and he beat them. So I was like, wait, no, yep. that happened. But, uh, but
1: Matthew Stafford couldn't win big games with the Lions, Mike. That's that was the the narrative. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that, was, I, that was that was that was. I'm just purposely I derailing. This, I was trying, this trying to
2: think of a word. I was going to say a much stronger word and try go to go ahead, Mike. Word. No, I can't curse because I work for, you know, Oh man. Yeah. All right, fine. Uh, all right. Let's get this back so on track. You've me not on air and you know my language <laughs> not on air. Like on air, I have to be very, 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 You're very professional.
0: Yep. You're very professional. I'll,
1: I'll allow it. Um, let, let's get back on track here. So you, you say that the roster isn't where it needs to be. Where is where is it particularly weak? Why why is this team not even competing against some of the best teams in the league? Where are their biggest weaknesses and, and where maybe can the Lions take advantage?
2: This is going to sound so familiar to you, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. It is. They have no pass rush. No. <laughs> oh, okay. None. Yeah. Dante Fowler leads this team with four and a half sacks. Mm. Well, Dante, so I... Fowler rusher... <laughs> Dante Fowler is the only edge rusher. Dante Fowler is the only edge rusher on this team with more than one sack. They don't get to the passer.
0: I, I have to ask the question, Mike. It I know. I know like they kind answer. of
2: they kind of missed Charles Harris, huh? They, <laughs> yeah, they kind of do. Um, but again, <laughs> well, it's interesting because it's a different scheme. Yeah. Like, so, right. you know, you'd be. And they also, I mean, they had no money. Like, they had no money last year yeah, to assign anybody to anything. Charles Harris was cheap. He was fine, but everybody <laughs> on their roster. I mean, like. Their whole half of their roster is like vet main guys, man. Yeah. Like they, they just, they had to pick their vet guys guys. Um, and also listen, DMPs looks for a very specific player and they felt like they had their top edge rusher type person in, uh in Dante Fowler. And and Fowler has been hurt when he's been healthy. He's been, he gets the explosive plays, the splash plays. He'll do that. But on a down, I mean, he's not playing at ton. Like on a down-to-down basis, it hasn't really worked out. I mean, Stephen Means is playing more snaps than he ever has in his career, and it's because he knows how to at least set an edge on the run. And that's been really key. Brandon Copeland, old friend, friend of my podcast, yeah. old friend of the Lions, uh, has been playing a decent amount. And he's the guy that I think, uh, if you're looking at it, like probably took that Charles Harris type role. Yeah. And, and they just – but he's not really a pass rusher, you know? Yeah. Like so they have a, a rookie named Adi Ogun Deji who who's – been pretty good, just hasn't really gotten to the passer yet. But you can see that the potential's there. So yeah, they have no pass rush. Like that's an area of potential weakness. Their offensive line has been struggling. Uh, Jalen Mayfield, Michigan person, had moved from right tackle to left guard in the preseason, and it's been very up and down. He's been a much better run blocker. Pass blocking has been an adventure. Uh, their center Matt Hennessy, very inconsistent. And their right tackle, Caleb McGarry, has struggled in pass pro pretty much all year long. So that's another area where they can be exploited. So really on the lines, and Arthur Smith, if you listen to him, he says, I want to be good on the lines. I want to be good in the trenches. And that's where they've struggled because a lot of times, a combination of, again, roster and injury, you know, this, that, and the other. But they do also have Grady Jarrett, who's incredible. Yeah.
1: last thing I want to ask before we go to our first break here, um, you know, Falcons just like the Lions are are in the first year of a of maybe not a full rebuild but a new regime, and I'm I'm just kind of curious as what the what the fan level of excitement or disappointment is in year one because it's it's crazy here, Mike. It's it's crazy how ridiculously optimistic everyone in Detroit is in the middle of a two eleven and one season, and and at the same time, I don't even feel like it's unwarranted. There has been some interestingly positive thing that's happening here, so. With the Falcons team that probably had, certainly had more expectations than the Lions going into the season, but also you know year one of a of, of a new regime. What's what's the feeling after a, a six and eight start right now?
2: Um. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been um, interesting. Uh, I'll go with that. I mean, Mercedes-Benz Stadium has not like had a good crowd all season. Sure. Like New England comes to town on Thursday night, 100, 100 level is like half empty. Uh, season opener, new regime, kind of kind empty-ish for a season opener where, you know, there is some excitement. And I, I thought if they had beaten San Francisco, I thought you'd get the best crowd of the year maybe mm-hmm. on Sunday. But uh, now I, I can't imagine that. Uh, it's, you know, this fan, it's weird because – you know, over eight years, I got to really 12, if you include the four I covered Michigan, I got a good handle on the Lions fan base, right? We got yeah. a lot of friends that were Lions fans. Here, uh, it's my first year, so I don't have a great feel on like the average Falcons yeah. fan. Uh, I have the social media Falcons fans, which <laughs> have tried to fire Arthur Smith four times already. <laughs> um, I have the very realistic Falcons fans that I do talk to who are like, yeah, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. Uh, you have the Reddit Falcons fans who are kind of all over the board, much like you know the Lions Reddit page. Which, hi Lions Reddit fans, I know you love me, like <laughs> I do not. Um, and hopefully, some of them will listen and they will, you know, they hate us, be too. reminded of how much they did not like me. Um, Reddit hates everyone, Everyone and everything. I, those no, things. but but in all seriousness, uh, I think you know, I, I put it like this if you told people before the season, hey, you're going to be in the playoff race in December and you're going to do it without Calvin Ridley. And you're going to do it with Dante Fowler having four and a half sacks. And you're going to do it with Cordero Patterson being your lead lecture. <laughs> and you probably would say six wins, maybe get seven or even maybe eight or an outside shot of being over 500 because that's still available. You're in the playoff race. I think most people would have taken that. But as we know, once the season gets started, people change and recalibrate and forget those things like yeah. preseason thoughts and expectations and a roster with no depth. So I, I think that there's among a large majority of fans, I would think some cautious optimism. And I, I feel like that's warranted, but some people are just angry. But some people also hear hate Matt Ryan. It's very similar to Matthew Stafford. Some yeah. people hear are very anti matt ryan now for different reasons because he's not michael vick uh and but they're such different quarterbacks uh, but like yeah there are people here who don't like matt ryan matt ryan by the way you know former nfl mvp still a pretty darn good quarterback yeah yeah i feel like i'm living that matthew stafford simulation would (laughs) work
1: gotta love that all right we're gonna take our first break when we kind of when we come back we're gonna talk a little bit more about the matchups. Obviously, some interesting things happening this week on the Lions side. We don't know who's going to play quarterback necessarily, all that sort of stuff. So we'll get into that and some predictions when we come back here on First Bite with ESPN's Michael Rothstein. Stick with us. And we are back here on First bite, previewing Lions-Falcons week 16. I'm still still working through this uh, with ESPN's Michael Rothstein, who formerly of the Lions beat, now on the Falcons beat. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some matchups. And I, I want to get into the Lions side a little bit since we talked mostly Falcons in the top. Let's talk about the Lions passing game, which is, has found a kind of a renewed sense of, of life under Jared Goff um, with with obviously Josh Reynolds and Amon-Ra St. Brown kind of leading the way, but... We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, They put Goff on the COVID list on Monday with the new COVID rules. It's possible that he, uh, that he, you know, has uh, less, you know, less of a load of COVID in him so that he's not transmissible and and might play. I don't know. Either way, it's an easier path to him coming back, but we don't know if it's going to happen. He did admit on the radio today that he is symptomatic, but very mild symptoms. So we'll see. All that to be said, uh, Mike, if the Lions have to play a backup quarterback, how confident are you that the Falcons are going to be okay in this matchup?
2: Wait a minute. Wait, let's back up a second. Okay, what did because I say? Because I just realized I might once again get to cover a David Blau game.
1: No, it's going to be Tim Boyle if it's not. No! Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: I, I know this isn't a knock. Like, I, I think, I mean... I am I am a league leader along with like you know Dave and Justin and and Chris and <laughs> Kyle in covering David Blau starts like I I don't want to get caught behind here. Uh, I and, mean, well,
1: I mean, who? I mean, maybe maybe the COVID spreads across the quarterback room and we we. Get, no, I no. I'm not trying to encourage to
2: David Blau. I actually yeah. I thought David Blau when he was forced to play a couple of years back did very well. That for Thanksgiving game was fun, yeah. And he he seems like a super nice human Great like person. super nice, super yep. decent human being. And I, I just really like watching him play because I, I he he's I feel he's kind of actually like a little bit inspiring. So I, I would have wanted to see this actually. I I'm, man, you got you got my <laughs> hopes up. I did not mean to get the hopes <laughs> up. I'm uh, sorry. All right. Uh, so do I think they'll be okay? I mean, probably. Uh, probably, but I mean, they all listen. They also makes made Sam Darnold look real good. Hmm. Um, so I, I would say more than likely, yeah. I mean, Dean Pease is a really good defensive coordinator. Yeah, you, if you're not a, a good starting quarterback, you might make a couple mistakes and decide to throw at AJ Terrell, which is usually a bad, bad, very bad idea. So yeah, I mean, I think if they if they were playing a quarterback who who didn't have much experience who didn't have a lot of savvy like that i think that that probably bodes better for the falcons and and listen add into that that who knows if deandre swift comes back and if he does how much he's going to be able to be used right. same thing with jamal is jamal williams is still on the COVID list right they,
1: they, i think they removed him earlier in the week so he's okay he's, so yep.
2: so so okay so you'll have jamal williams but like you know i mean but then again also going back to going back to the falcons again now they've they've done better of late, but this is also a team that let former Falcon Amir Abdullah and Chuba Hubbard, like gash them for 204 yards on Halloween. Mm -hmm. So like the opera, it's not like they've only been beaten by really, really strong backs, you know? And and that's not a knock on Chuba or on Amir. It's just, you know, the the reality.
0: Yeah. So So, you're, so you're saying that like non-household names can have a day like Craig Reynolds.
2: Yes, Craig Reynolds could have a day. Um, or Craig Reynolds could get five yards. I mean, realistically, like... That's just, not very helpful, you, Mike. No, but, that, <laughs> but, that's, but that's what this team... Oh, listen, Jeremy, you've been around enough. Like, I, yeah. This team is the very definition of an, of an yeah. average to maybe a little below average NFL team. Sure. So... so inconsistency. You just All don't know what you're going to get from week yeah. to week. Of I mean, course. this is a team that did really well on Alvin Kamara. And again, you know, the week before let Chuba Hubbard and, and Amir Abdullah kill him. Yeah. So you just don't know. And it's, it's a really – I mean, look at what Jeff Wilson did last week against San Francisco. Jeff Wilson just just killed him. Yeah. You know, just, just all game long. And, and I would argue Jeff Wilson's on a household name. Now, San Francisco's a really good run offense. True. But that's, that, to me, is, is what you're kind of looking at when you're looking at the Falcons. It's just, you know – Unpredictability. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I,
0: I guess that's my quick question in there though, Mike, is like, is, is it a matter of like the Falcons not showing up in terms of physicality? Like, do, do they get beat at the point of attack when it comes to the running
2: game? Yeah. I mean, at, at times for sure. And at times they do really well. I mean, listen, before last week against San Francisco, they had three straight games where they ran for over a hundred yards as a team and the offensive line did really well rushing, you know, in run blocking. And that is basically all you know, physicality and point of attack. Defensively, their run defense has been a little better. We talked about the pass rush already and its, uh, you know, inability to do that. But they also have a guy named Grady Jarrett who's probably going to be the best player on the field on Sunday or second best player on the field. I, I think A.J. Terrell has probably surpassed him a little bit. I, I mean, A.J. Terrell, wow. like, I, 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 he's fantastic. But, you know, Grady, Grady Jarrett's really, really, really good. And if you run at Grady Jarrett or you single block Grady Jarrett, that's going to be a problem. Like if the, if the lions had Frank Ragna that would be a fantastic matchup to watch, but yeah. also that would bode well for the lions. They don't have Frank Ragnar. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, they can they can be good physicality wise, but again, like everything else. And I know this isn't a fun answer. It really just depends on the week and and yeah. it's, that That's, that's what made, has made this team – I had a lot of experience covering this type of team. Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, like basically it's the majority of like the – well, the one year I covered Jim Schwartz and then the majority of the Caldwell era is very similar to this where yeah. it's like one week they're one thing, one week they're the next, and you kind of – you know, I, in some ways they remind me – they reminded me for a long time of that 2016 Lions team mm-hmm. where – that made the playoffs. But yeah. They, but if you remember, they, they just had an easy schedule and they beat all of the teams they should have and they just couldn't beat just, the team that yeah. were, were good. And, and there are a lot of and,
0: one-score games that they won. Right. It, it, exactly. Eight come from behind victories by Stafford that year?
2: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's... I mean, and, and that's very similar to what the Falcons have been. The teams that they should beat, they have beaten. Sometimes in, you know, fashion, maybe that they should have closed those games out easier. But, you know and but the teams that they they just the teams that are good they haven't beaten the lions are a team they should beat so i would think they will win but i don't know because the (laughs) lions are playing better i would argue the lions are playing better than the falcons right now so who knows i'm probably gonna pick the falcons this week but i don't feel great i mean i i don't i don't know man (laughs) (laughs) well it's interesting
1: when you talk about their defense i I kind of think of the Rams defense a little bit in that they just, they have a really good defensive tackle and they have a really good corner. And so, I mean, they're it's not the, the same as Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but it, it, at the same time, it's just like, it's kind of two players. And if you can manage around those guys, then maybe you can do okay. And against the Rams, the Lions went around those two guys for most of the game and were fine. But then, of course, when the game was on the line, Aaron Donald got a pressure, and Jalen Ramsey had the interception. So right. you, I mean, well, yeah, you, it's, it's hard to keep both of those guys at bay for an entire game, is essentially my, my point here. Yeah,
2: and, and they've gotten some decent play out of Dante Fowler. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hawkins is a safety that I think is going to be real good in this league. Uh, you know, his second-year guy, is going to start, now that Eric Harris is out for the Euro start, opposite former Lion, Daron Harmon. And Forgot Jalen Hawkins is a pretty good player. Uh, he's a ball hawk, not to be like you know, play off his name, but that's really what he is. And there are ways to exploit them. They have a guy named Richie Grant who will play like a big nickel when they go big nickel. Yeah, And he's a, he was our second round pick. He's, he can play well at points. Boya Sade at is a great linebacker it's free agent after the season of very good chance he goes somewhere else and gets paid just because the Falcons have their cap issues and all that, but he's another guy that will cause problems. So they're more than just two guys Sure. because Foyer can play well. Deion Jones has all the talent and it's been a little inconsistent, but when he decides to show up and play, I mean, he, he can make play after play after play and cause major problems for you.
1: All right. I want to switch over to the Falcons side of the ball when they got the offense lines, defense. Um, You mentioned kind of short on receivers, uh but I I want to know a little bit more about the, the running game because you want to talk about inconsistent run defenses. The Lions got one of those. Uh so so we, are are the Falcons a dynamic running team at all? Are they, you know, do they they pounded the rock up the middle? Do they they got some speedy guys that can take it outside? What do they like to do in terms of run game and have they been successful?
2: They would like to do all of those things. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh most teams would. Yeah, I know they they I mean, I feel like can we just like label this like the podcast of inconsistency? <laughs> sure. I mean, can yeah. we just can we do that because yeah. co- podcast of in- inconsistency sponsored by Chris Perfette, uh, <laughs> <can't>, <laughs> uh Like they just they, they had three straight games where they ran for over 100 yards and. Before that, they were a really bad rushing offense. Mike Davis has been bad for most of the year. And then the last couple of weeks has been really, I think, very valuable and and has run the ball hard. Cordero Patterson moved to running back last. So remember last year, by the way, when Cordero Patterson was like oddly in the backfield from time to time? Yeah. So that was the beginning of what we're seeing now. So this whole thing with him started last year. uh, A combination of Charles London and Cordero Patterson – and Dave Ragone and, and maybe Matt Na- Nagy too. Like uh, and it's still unclear who came to who first, yeah. but last year they basically in the off season went and they decided that Cordero Patterson should try to be a running back. He, New England had tried it with limited success before, but they really wanted to commit to it. And Patterson was, was in on it and no one really knew this last year because they use him in different ways. And he didn't get a lot of carries. And, and then he signs here in the off season and I remember when he signed, I was like, why are they, like, they have no money. Why are they signing a kick return? (laughs) And then he, during training camp, was a running back over and over again. I was running well, and I'm like, what is going on here? Okay, I'm sure. Like, I thought there was a chance he wasn't going to make the team, because, again, like, uh, this is before camp, because, like, again, this is a luxury position on a team that can't afford luxury. But he's turned into their best player, best offensive player, their most effective offensive weapon. And a lot of that is running the ball and he can run between the tackles. Now, last week he ran into problems and this is really where I think the Lions could take advantage of when Patterson is in the backfield. Patterson needs two or three steps after he gets the ball to really get going. And then he's dynamic. He's like a kick return and we've all seen what he can do there. But when you can get to him at the line of scrimmage or behind, which of his 11 carries last week, seven San Francisco met him at the line of scrimmage or before He's basically ineffective yep. as a rusher. And, and I think he had around two, two yards of carry, maybe a little two and a half, whatever. And that's the way to limit Cordero Patterson. And then that forces the, the Falcons to move him more outside as a receiver. And then that becomes a little bit not predictable, but, you know, he can do a lot of things out there, but it, it limits what they're trying to do. And that's one way to take him away. Uh, they have another guy named Quadriolson who's run well, but he just doesn't get enough carries. But uh, I, I think he's got real potential. But again, you know, he, he runs hard. Uh, but that's their third guy that will be playing running back and be up. And, and you probably won't see all that much of him. Although uh, stranger things have happened.
0: Well, I have another quick piggyback question about Cordero real quick uh, before we move on. But like 64 targets is best for third on the team. Was there an uptick in how much he was being utilized as a receiver? Like once Calvin Ridley, um, you know, took his his lead from the team or has he just kind of consistently been one of their top receiving options?
2: He's been I would say it's more he's been one of their consistent receiving options throughout the year and I would say if anything in the last couple of weeks that's maybe taken a step back because he's become really their number one back he's got yeah. those carries I think the last three weeks four weeks uh, and actually and this is wild like he's maybe the second best kick returner in NFL history maybe you know I mean uh, behind Devin Hester you can argue you know Dave Briquette and I talked about this actually on my on my podcast from the perch that'll be out on Thursday uh, and he's not returning kicks anymore hasn't the last few games because he's so important to this offense. Like that's where Cordero Patterson is now. Like guy who's maybe a borderline hall of fame, special teams player kick returner guy isn't on kick return anymore because he's that important. Now, a lot of this happened after he injured his ankle and I think they're managing him a little bit, but like, that's just how they've been using him. They use him everywhere. Like he was, he even, he got a snap on defense as a Hail Mary free safety nice. and he threw a pass as a quarterback and he, he, he insists he can punt. Like <laughs> I want to see, it. <laughs> he even said he would play offensive line. Like he can do it. He just doesn't want it. Uh, like he, he's that type of guy. He's, he's, he's a gem to cover because he's just, you never know what he's going to say. <laughs> and he's just, he's an uber confident dude. He's an interesting dude. Uh, and. Yeah. Like it, but he's been, he has been the focal point of their offense. But it's, it's so crazy to think about because it feels like
0: Cordero Patterson has been around forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's,
2: 30, he, he's, he's been in the league nine years. Yeah. yeah he, crazy.
0: He, he comes with all that wisdom of like, just like being pretty much a special teams player. And then now he has like seemingly probably a little bit more tread on the tires than your average 30 year old running back.
2: And, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, but it's gonna make, he's on a one-year deal. So it's gonna make a very interesting question in the offseason of yeah. do the Falcons decide to pay him? Does someone else really decide to pay him? Or does he, because finally someone unlocked what he can do, does he stay here? Because right. and he said he has said he wants to stay in Atlanta. And usually I take all of that with like the smallest grain of like your course of salt. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> yeah
2: he seems like a guy who's just going to be pretty straightforward. And if he didn't want to be there, he wouldn't say it. So I think he wants to be here, but I mean, you know, if if they offer him something not great and another team offers him something great, he's not, you know, I I don't think he'll, he'll not take that, you know, but they all love him. They love him in Atlanta. Like they, they really like him. They were super stoked when they signed him and it's worked out well. And that's pretty, pretty cool.
1: Well, before we get into our prediction segment, just to kind of take the Lions' point of view on on the passing game when when the Falcons have the ball, I think I think maybe the more, most interesting storyline is what the Lions will do at that second outside corner position because it was Will Harris last week, and oh, that, it, that was out of, that go? yeah, it actually not terrible. Like I think the Lions really protected him by sending a lot of pressure, but the I think the only reason that happened is because you know the rookie corner Melafanu Came off of COVID that Saturday or that Friday, and the lines have been pretty consistent. That if you don't practice that week, you're probably not going to play much. But with him back, I I feel like this is going to be Fatu's first start, and so that that might be something interesting to watch.
2: It could be. I mean, but the thing is, is we don't know right now whether Tajay Sharp is going to be available, and he's right now their number two receiver mm. again. Problems in the receiving court. Yeah. Uh, so you're looking at maybe like they just signed Chad Hanson from to the practice squad today, and they have another former Lion, Marvin Hall, yeah. hanging out on their practice squad. Go. Marvin One Route Hall and. Uh, He's, that's all I can do is run, go rocks. <laughs> it's true. Come yeah. on. I mean, whatever. He could get mad at me if he's, if I say that, but it's true. Like, I mean, that's what he's known for. And he's great at it.
1: And I'm sure like, Stafford has taught, you know, Matt Ryan, how, how to throw deep balls to him too. Right. Since they're all buddy, buddy.
2: Well, they, Matt Marvin Hall hasn't really come <laughs> up off of practice squad oh. because you know in Arthur Smith's. Offense, you have to be able to run a lot of routes. And, yeah. and that's why Tajay Sharp has been valuable to them. It'd probably be as a KS who gets more of an outside role if Tajay Sharp ends up hurt. And then you'll see maybe more Kyle Pitts. But, I mean, yeah, I, that's an area that you might see the Falcons try to exploit if it's a first start. But, you know, I, I think – now, I don't know this because I haven't watched enough Lions. Will they travel – or will they just play sides? Because probably. if they just play sides, I think they would try to... Arthur Smith is really big on exploiting matchups, so they would probably try yeah. to put Russell Gage on him pretty early. Yeah. Um, but if they travel, then maybe they wouldn't do that.
1: I think, I mean, the Lions have had so many shifting parts that I don't think they they lock in guys typically. But, um, you know, they, they Aaron Glenn has been very you know, week to week and with his can game Eric Glenn play,
2: he might, I,
1: we, I think we've asked I know him about a, three I know times it's against
2: the NFL rules, but like, you know, maybe <laughs> they can make an exception.
1: They, they seem to be changing their pro, COVID protocols week by week. So maybe, maybe they allow one coach to play.
2: <laughs> oh, Dave Ragone would be so excited if that happened. I mean, the Lions <laughs> would benefit the, uh, more
1: from that rule than anybody in the league. I think
2: he, he, he's, put Deuce the, back he's there. The, oh yeah, no. They, well, no. Yeah, Dave Ragone's the Falcons' <laughs> offensive coordinator, and he joked at <laughs> one point. it's so like, AJ McCarron was supposed to be their backup quarterback, mm-hmm. and at one point, he joked like, "Oh, maybe I'll play backup quarterback for the weekend, like preseason." Uh, you know that? I mean, Dave Ragone, former NFL quarterback. Like, it's yeah. not like he he can't do it, but. Uh, yeah, I think that he would probably of the of the coaches on the roster, I think we're going to probably be the guy because also <laughs> like you don't you hope you don't need Dave. Ragone. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: All right. Let's take it to our prediction segment. The, the thing we call the one thing we think we know where we make a prediction about the game. It doesn't have to be the score prediction. Doesn't have to be the winner prediction. It could just be, hey, this guy is going to go off. This guy is going to get 200 passing yards, whatever. Um, How's that and gone for you, Jeremy. Uh, we don't need to talk about last week because I think everyone in the world got everything wrong. I I said, I think mine was Kyler Murray would get 70 rushing yards. He had four, I think. Um, so it was a little bit off there. I, I tend to go a little bold on these just for fun. Um, but I'll, I'll let Ryan take the lead here to show you how it's done. Um, Ryan also, uh, horribly wrong, at least on his parlay. I don't remember what your prediction was here. Yeah. Um, but I have a feeling where this is going to go, Ryan, because you haven't talked about a certain player this entire podcast and I appreciate your restraint.
0: So uh, Ryan, what's the one thing you think you know about Lions Falcons? I was waiting for you to give me the floor and the opportunity <laughs> and, you know, the clearance and authorization to talk about Kyle Pitts, because the, the thing I find most interesting about Kyle Pitts, right. And, 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 and Mike can shed some extra light on this too, once I give my prediction, but like, 215 snaps in the slot, 159 snaps out wide, 104 snaps in line. Like this is a guy who's all over the place. Do the lions have a athlete on their roster that can travel and and do those things? Because this is where I think I, I I don't know. Is he, is he big enough though? Like that's the thing with Kyle Pitts, right? Is he poses this really, really, you know, interesting wrinkle to every kind of you know, thing you want to throw at him is that he's, he's too big for the small guys and he's too fast for the big guys. So I'm, I'm thinking that Kyle Pitts has a, has a hundred yard day. And uh, I, I, I don't think that that's entirely bold, Mike.
2: No, it's not, except he hasn't had one since like week six. So he also only has one touchdown this year, by the way. It's it's really his whole whole season has been super fascinating to me. It's been very up and down. Like you would expect from a rookie tight end. I don't think you're wrong. Now, teams have matched up with Kyle Pitts in different ways. Like Carolina put Stefan Gilmore on him, which did not go well, by the way, for Kyle Pitts. Hmm. Uh, and other teams have bracketed him. Other teams have put a linebacker on him. Don't do that. Uh, teams are, are throwing different things <laughs> yeah. at him to kind of see what sticks. Now, I'll tell you, I mean – I think Jalen Reeves maybin would be an interesting cover on him because I think he has the the size and the speed mm-hmm. to match up with him. I don't I you know he never got used on defense when I covered the Lions, so <laughs> I can't tell you what his coverage skills are. He's coming well, up now. A he, good now game. he does a lot. Now yeah. he does a lot, Mike.
1: Yeah. And yeah, with Alex Anzaloni out. Alex Anzaloni out that, for the year I mean, as
2: well. So like that's that that to me would be an interesting decision if they went that way, but I, I don't know if they would. Uh, you know, I mean, teams, like I said, largely have been figuring out ways to take Kyle Pitts away, and that's worked with varying levels of success. It doesn't usually work for an entire game. When I mean, teams have tried to man him up one on one, like it doesn't always go well. Uh, so, I mean, that's just, I think, kind of how how things are with Kyle Pitts. I think it's entirely reasonable to think he'll have a hundred yard game. I think he's been building toward that the last few weeks, so it, it's possible. I can buy that.
1: All right, I'm going to throw it to you next, Mike. And I know you—you you just said this team is incredibly inconsistent, so you might not know anything about this team. But I'm gonna—I'm ma- gonna put your col- your feet
2: to the coals here. What's the yeah? I was thing- gonna say the one th- fine the one thing I no. think I know is that I will get to see Dave Burkett and Justin <laughs> Rogers on Sunday, and I am really excited about that. Oh, And, wow, and no Aiden Reynolds and, and Greg Myola and Solomon <laughs> Williams. I, I'm really excited to see those people. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to see Rob Wood, and maybe even see Sheila. Uh, that is the one thing I think I know. No, uh, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm trying to think now you are putting me on the spot here a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm go of with,
0: inconsistencies, Mike.
2: No, I know. I I'm, I'm going to go with this because I, I've been doing it. So on my podcast, I usually give like fantasy advice and I, I've been pretty spot on. I feel like with Russell Gage, you know, I'm going to say this. I think Russell Gage goes off. I think Russell Gage has, you know, 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I, I think that that's something that's possible. He, he listen. He had 11, 11 catches, 130 yards against Tampa. Didn't get in the end zone. Last week, he had, what, eight for six or eight for 91 and, and scored. I mean, he, he's he's playing really well of late. And I think that this is a game where he could take advantage of that, especially because we all know Dan Campbell, former tight end, going to probably say, hey, pay all the attention to, to Kyle Pitts. Like put 10 guys on him. <laughs> Don't worry about everybody else. And... I could just see situations where he's Russell Gage is still really the third option as far as a pass catcher in this offense. Uh, maybe the second option now, depending on how they use Cordero Patterson in a given week. So I think that that could bode really well for Russell Gage. So I'll go with that. Fair enough. We got 200 yard receivers on
1: the Falcons this week. Fantasy alert, I guess, uh, with, with playoffs. Second week of the playoffs. I, I guess we told-
2: understand that like, to put any sort of confidence in the Falcons' offense is like, but you ju- you just said you just said I know what I accurate. Just said. It doesn't mean it's going to be right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I'm going to make things very simple for the one thing I think I know in this game. And again, I'm I'm, I'm leaning on the bolder side here. Lions win. Period.
2: I th- I don't think that's that bold. I'll be honest. I mean, it kind of is though. They have not won at home this year. <laughs> well, you know what?
1: The Cardinals had not lost on the road last week until last week. So things get broken I'm, against the Lions. That's all I'm saying. I, I know, I, I'm, I'll say I have like
2: longest
0: field goal yet. records. Yeah, that, uh, that's another one.
2: <laughs> I, I have not made my pick yet for this game, but I, I'm not I'm not sold on either team yet. Like I, I could easily see myself taking the Lions to win this game. Because but, I think I, that they... They've, they've, been, they've been the hotter team of late. They have, but also I, I've, I'm also. I think the Falcons give, are the better team. They are.
1: And and I'm giving myself the complete right to withdraw said prediction if Jared Goff doesn't play. It's, oh, it's, the, hedge. it's the hedge. It's, there's the hedge. <laughs> there's the hedge. I got to I got to fit in the hedge before I go.
2: Uh, <laughs> Mike. Wait, are we at the, we're at like the one year anniversary of like the COVID game last year, right? The, the bevel out game the yeah the the uh head coaching debut of Robert Prince and the yeah. defensive coordinator debut of uh, of third cousin Evan Rothstein.
1: Yeah, that that wasn't great against the Bucks, as I
2: remember. That was a really um, no. I close think game. I, I I should probably not admit this on a podcast uh, somewhere, but like I stopped watching at some point. <laughs> I, like, well, because what, are you, what notes are you going to take? Yeah, no. I mean they were down like four hundred to two. But Jamal Agnew ran a punt
1: back and celebrated. That was fun.
2: <laughs> oh man, <laughs>
0: forgot about that. Wait,
2: wait, 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 what, what, wait, what happened again?
1: Jamal Agnew returned a punt down when they
0: were down 40
1: when they oh, were down 40, 40 and like what like I think he did, what did he like he did a, like he, <laughs> the home was it the home game right it was Jamal, a home game, way,
2: know, a home like Jamal game. Had, hey Jamal was having a really good season empty stadium year. A literally empty stadium anyway like, well, right. he is he is he, he well he got hurt and that, that was unfortunate um, yeah, true he, he got hurt like three days after I talked to him actually um, and so, well, so, Mar- so we I mean, need to be careful is what you're saying Ryan no, and I need to be the no, 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 Marquise, no. Marquise, well, Marquise Williams is another former Lions sure. staffer. He's their special teams coordinator. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the guy, actually, a guy that you'll see uh, probably returning kicks and punts, depending on what they do with Cordero, is a guy named Avery Williams. He's a rookie out of Boise State. He mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Jamal. Uh, They they have very similar kind of mannerisms, similar styles. Jamal is faster than him, but Avery's a little bit bigger. Uh, He's an interesting little guy to watch like that. That's an interesting, if you're looking for like random things to watch on Sunday, he would be potentially one to pay attention to.
1: If if you're asking me to watch special teams on Sunday, you are barking up the wrong tree, my friend. I am but nothing,
2: <laughs> no, and it, well, since we're 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 diving into the weeds now, uh, Ade Ogundeji uh, is from Southfield, Michigan. Actually, so oh, he's a, he's a Michigan connection. Uh, he's played really well. He's a rookie out of he's a rookie out of Notre Dame. He's he's a guy who's really surprised. He was a day three pick. He was kind of an effort guy at Notre Dame. Sure. Like he's friends with the he's friends with Timo Quara. Um, nice. like he knows Julian, he knows Romeo. No, uh, he Dame. wasn't in school with Romeo, but he's in school with Julian. And like he, he's a guy that really didn't play all that much until towards the end at Notre Dame. And this year, he's he's blossomed. He's been arguably their second best edge rusher, and he's a guy that uh, their outside linebackers coach Ted Monakito told me that will be eventually their kind of their guy there which you know i thought for a guy to say that midway through his rookie season about a day three pick told me something so yeah again a couple guys to watch for the future in this game uh because you know the present really doesn't mean too much it means you know development time for uh for for the fighting campbells but it's (laughs) uh you know it's kind of last-ditch playoff hopes i guess for the falcons
1: all right, Mike, I'll give you the last word here to promote your stuff. You were just teasing a, a podcast with, uh, with Dave Briquette. I'm sure that's going to be must listen to stuff since you guys are good friends, and I'm sure you have a good report there. So, so where can they find the podcast? What's it called? And, and where else can they find your stuff if they want to follow you from, from your Detroit
2: days? Yeah, I know. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, like the whole Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen to them. Uh, Also, this thing called Podcast Park, uh, which is 680 The Fan here in Atlanta. Uh, It's called From the Perch. It drops Mondays and Thursdays. uh, And please, please give it a listen. Come hang out. Uh, Dave Burkett's on. We recorded earlier today fun conversation. We get, in, we get into the weeds a little bit. We get into some some old school stuff. And, you know, we get into the whole... we Yeah, we just got into a lot. We talked for a while. Uh, you can read me over at ESPN.com, as always. Just, you know, you click the little Falcons logo instead, the little Lions logo now. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein, as per usual. And hopefully uh, hopefully some people will come back this week. I, I, miss, I miss the Detroit people. Uh, I said this on the first thing I did today. And I'll say it in the last thing I did. I think there was, and I said it on prior podcasts with you guys. I think there was a misnomer out there about how I felt about my time in Detroit. I really enjoyed my time in Detroit. I miss Ann Arbor a lot. I do not miss the cold weather, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I miss a lot of people. The, the PR staff was wonderful to work with. And, you know, I mentioned that I mentioned them earlier in the podcast, like Amon Reynolds, Saul Williams, Greg Myola, Megan Boyle is now in Denver. Like, I don't know the new guy because I was gone by them. But they—they are—they—they they don't get enough credit. I think they're some of the best in the business, and I just wanted to mention that and just say like, yeah, I was very fond of my time in Detroit, and, and there's some really great people there, and the fans are—the uh, fans are really good. And it, having lived somewhere else now, I can say like, their their loyalty has been very surprising because of how the team has been, and, and yet they stick with them where other places maybe that doesn't happen so fast.
1: Appreciate those words, Mike. And I appreciate, as always, you joining us with making some extra time. I know you're busy this time of year. Everyone's busy this time of year. So coming on during, during a holiday week, <laughs> very much appreciated. Uh, and thank you all for listening. And and Mike mentioned it. Uh, his, his podcast is on Spotify. Ours is too. And you probably already know that, but I'm bringing it up because now you can rate podcast on Spotify for the first time starting like okay. last week. So Give us a rating there if you if you listen to us on Spotify. I know all you all got Spotify. Even if you don't listen, listen to us on Spotify, go rate us there. Give us five stars and give Mike. Same here. Don't forget yeah. my podcast. Yes. Please do that. <laughs> I mean, listen to it first and then decide. But <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to, <laughs> don't have to do that either. Mike, that thank you for morning. joining us. Really appreciate it. Ryan, thank you as always. Happy holidays, to you buddy. I'm not going to see you until after the holidays. So you have a good holiday, both of you.
0: Thanks, thanks, Jeremy.
1: I guess, I guess I'll have a happy holiday too. No one needs to wish me one, I
0: guess. <laughs> happy uh, but- Holidays! <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, didn't you hear Dr. Nick say it earlier? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with that, thank you all for listening. We'll be back after the game until then it's chaos. Be kind.